from the nchc.tv studios. This is College Hockey Coast to Coast, brought to you by the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe now for all of the action from the best conference in college hockey. The University of Georgia, building the foundations of something bigger. Go to ugahockey.com to find out how you can be a part of it on and off the ice. Jets Pizza. We're not just pizza. Try our sidekicks, salads, calzones, and more at jetspizza.com. Adrian College. Championship aspirations on the ice and in the classroom. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com slash mhockeyd1. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos from coast to coast and beyond. Wherever you need to be, Caesars has a destination that suits your style. Central Oklahoma University. Go to ucohockey.com to follow the two-time ACHA M1 National Champions as they look to add that third championship banner to the rafters. The Spaghetti Shack, ASU alumni owned and operated at thespaghettishack.com. University of Mary. Tickets and schedule information, visit us at goumary.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, where every play earns you Caesars rewards towards dining, tickets, VIP experiences, and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue for your next catered event at jessieraysbarbecue.com. College hockey coast-to-coast from the nchc.tv studios is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Monday night, another episode, if you will, of College Hockey Coast-to-Coast. Scott Strandy with you tonight, not on a coast, but uh, in a very nice, warm, balmy uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Actually, I'm in Maricopa, Arizona, but the uh, beautiful Harris Hotel Resort and Casino, just southwest of the uh, beautiful Valley of the Sun. My co-host, as always, from that big, beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York, he is on a coast, and uh, he's loving it. I'm sure he's got his feet up, summer skates on, land shark in hand. Mike in the other hand, and ready to talk some college hockey tonight. Paul Hornstein, wow, uh, I wore myself out on that introduction. How are you? Um, as wasted since none of it's true, <laughs> other than the fact that I am on Long Island. That's the only part that's true. Oh, you got the summer skates on? Uh, I actually don't right now. Oh, come on, man. I just don't. Anyway. I have a pair of socks on. Okay. A pair of ASU right. socks. In the basement? Yes. Oh, you started with this ASU stuff right off the get-go. Oh, You're yeah, just, just pushing got, my buttons, aren't you? I, I just, those are the socks I'm wearing. Oh, okay. And you just wanted to push my buttons. Don't no, get me started. Uh, Don't get no, me started with the pairwise, because I will drop I, I the gloves right now. I, 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 I didn't. What am I doing? Throwing a water <laughs> bottle at you? No, I didn't get started. No. I had nothing to do with that. You, just asked, okay. you said something, and I okay. made a comment. Right. Anyway, um, I... We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about everything, but tonight we've got a special guest. I haven't talked to him in a little while because I lost his phone number, and apparently he lost mine too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna have on uh, a former fighting Sue. So you can say that tonight, Paul. You can say, say Sue? fighting nice. Sue tonight. Fighting Sue. Yeah, yes. you can. I you can. can. And a radio guy, and a little bit of everything, and in. in uh, Moorhead, Minnesota, Fargo, North Dakota, Grand Forks, uh, you name it. In the upper Midwest, this guy's got it covered. So let's not mess around. Let's bring on Eddie Christian right now and uh, and talk some hockey. Eddie, how are you? I've been trying to reach you, and it took Paul to get you on the show. Well, uh, Paul, thanks for reaching <laughs> out. But anytime you see a 613 number, I answer that. Second time today, I got a 631 number to call me. So <laughs> I don't know what it is about Long Island guys, but they sure chase the Midwest and the West for hockey. Yeah. How are you, my friend? How are things? And you know, I was in Grand Forks twice already this year, and you didn't see, you didn't come to the arena or do anything. You know, I'm not sure which number you have, but my cell number's been the same since 1993. <laughs> I think it was my phone, dude. I think I switched carriers, and uh, well, that's a long story. We don't need to go there. Uh, but anyway, you just can't see. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's a big weekend in college hockey in Colorado, uh, North Dakota traveling down to play Denver this weekend and uh, Arizona State traveling to play Colorado College and Bentley 
on their way to play Air Force. Um, I hope to be there uh, Friday and Saturday to uh, see two out of the three anyway. But um, your thoughts, Eddie, let's just start off with that, with the uh, the start of uh, the college hockey season and how it's all playing out right now as far as parity and uh, that team that, that you were a part of for a number of years. How good are they? Well, let's start with the important stuff. When did you become in charge of scheduling your convenience to have all the games in Colorado this week? <laughs> it's good to be the king, Eddie, let me tell you. Uh, it, it's good and it's bad, my friend, because I got to be Friday in Denver because I got to see the start of UND and, uh, and Denver. And then I've got to get down to Colorado College because I think, and Paul and I have been talking about this, for Arizona State and Colorado College, this is a – must weekend uh, for both of them. Yeah, I think, again, we can go through this a lot of different ways, but some of the chatter that I'm sure you're having, like the rest of the country, is the fact that 16 is the wrong number. Hockey's <laughs> growing. Yeah. The NCAA better wake up and understand they better go to a 24 or a 20 team tournament, figure out how you want to do that but they haven't figured out for football and basketball and the rest of them. So it shouldn't be that difficult. They're pretty good at putting uh, playoff brackets on the uh, tower in Indianapolis. So they need to put hockey in Indianapolis, but that, that will go when it happens. But I think there's going to be a pretty big push to expand, to expand the NCAA tournament. That being said, uh, hockey East is the uh, darling bracket or darling league this year. Last year it was the big 10. So when you look at the pairwise, somewhere in here, the leagues get uh, play, slotted in and head-to-head games within each area don't do much. When loss doesn't do much, but specifically to uh, the two teams playing this weekend, uh, you go through cycles and these, these, these two teams, Denver's been there. They're not cycling, but totally impressed with replacing your full defensive core and uh, a new defensive coach and your team is probably playing its best defense hockey i've seen in a few years at north dakota well eddie let me let me start with that um when we looked at the schedules and this is one of scott's favorite things to do and i don't and i don't have a problem admitting i have not followed the college game as long as either one of you guys Uh, you know i'm only in this for about six or seven years now um I don't think I've seen, and you might have a different, uh, obviously have a different perspective, but I don't think I have seen this, uh, anybody play this tough a non-conference schedule in the, in, the, in the six or seven years that I've been following this very closely. I mean, this was murderer's row. Um, do you recall, uh, at least for North Dakota, them playing this kind of non-conference schedule before or in a while? No, not in a while. And that's what's probably helped them the most is they didn't have a chance to get their new folks involved in a game. Goaltending, I think, has been huge um, and consistent. And, of course, when that happens, the things that happen in front of that get a little easier so takes a little pressure off of those new new defensive core although with the infamous portal that didn't necessarily mean you have six rookies it means you have six new defensemen so that that landscape has changed drastically but i would agree that they they came out and they didn't have any any easy weekends and people say well bemidji state I would suggest that's probably one of their their tougher area games because Bemidji State has played North Dakota extremely well for years. So, well, I thought the Friday night game was definitely up for grabs. Um, I, I never got the sense on Saturday night as I'm sitting here watching and trying to keep track that uh, Bemidji was really in the game. But you know, obviously the game went to overtime uh, on on Friday. Uh, Bemidji is always, always, always tough. Um, and North Dakota had to come back uh, from a 2 nothing deficit just to send the game to overtime. So, um, you know, if people are thinking that that was easy, then they weren't paying attention. But, I mean, uh, the, the, the M team over there next door to you guys and Minnesota State 
and going to BU and maybe Duluth is not as good this year as they have been in the past, but yet you, st- <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, but that's a four game stretch between BU and Duluth. We were playing those games on the road and, and, and yeah, you won a game in overtime, but three and one on that stretch. If I'd have told you that at the start of the season, you'd have taken that in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I think that's the shock here is that, you know, there's only two teams with two losses and one's in number one and one's in number six. You know, um, have there been anything as you went into the season, have you seen anything from North Dakota that you weren't expecting? Because we knew this team was good. Offensively, I thought the team was, yeah, as, as good as they've been with their depth. The question mark was obviously you had a transfer goalie and you never know how that's going to work because, you know, the college game is changing and the players determine who they accept. The coaches can find whoever they want, but we all know that when you have a team, the players have to accept the new players. And then ultimately, defensively, when you take a look at what they've done over the past six to eight years with putting defensemen into the NHL and then having the portal take a couple of players away to come in and reload at defense, that's the surprise. I, I've I've watched North Dakota for a lot of years. And uh, other than maybe maybe two periods, which is a little surprising, the uh, chip off the glass and try to figure out how to regroup. Uh, there's been very little of that chipping it off the glass. It's been more of a pucks on a stick, rotate, move, and they seem to be coming out of their own end probably as good as they have in quite a few years. Eddie, when I uh, was at media day this year, I, I cornered Bradbury and I said, you know, the only thing I think that can upset your season is whether you can keep everybody happy. He just kind of gave me this wry smile and he said, yeah, yep. And I said, you know, there's a lot of guys that are coming in this year that um, have been first liners, top six forwards, top four defensemen on the teams that they transferred out of. How are you going to keep them happy? He said, well, we're going to start by winning. <laughs> I think it's a mission accomplished, at least at this point, right? Yeah, and again, there's two times you want to win. You want to win early and you want to win late. And in between, you just want to make sure you don't get too far out of it. So that's that's probably where Brad's at now is, you know, how do you, how do you continue to build? Um, they've had a couple of games or some periods and had some things happen, but I think – you know, more than anything, being down, as Paul said, being down two to Bemidji, probably not having their best period, but somehow find a way to come back. And, you know, the guys that the guys that you expect to to do great things are doing great things at the right time. So, you know, your your offense, your offense and your defense both get along when you when you go into overtime and you're and you're winning those overtime games. Okay, so let me ask you this. You alluded to the, the new coach, Mr. Simpson, who's not new to North Dakota by any stretch. Um, how important has he been in your mind? You're, you're closer to him than I am. Um, I, I thought he was just fantastic at, at gelling everybody together, but bringing the freshmen along and kind of, you know, early in the year, there were some freshmen that had to really step up because of some unfortunate injuries the first couple of weeks, but it looks like he's done a great job of uh, settling them down and settling them into uh, college hockey. Is that fair? You know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's not having the college hockey experience coaching. Maybe he's doing less coaching and more admiring and encouraging, but whatever he's doing is working. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit interested when it comes to coaching. Sometimes if you listen to coaches talk about how the game's going to go, they have to be right. So Simpson's probably not as outspoken, maybe because he's a rookie, maybe he's sitting back, but maybe that's, maybe that's to the advantage of the team because it seems like they've settled in and I, I spend some time, you know, you go to a game, you watch, you watch the bench activity and you watch the interactions sometimes between the coaching staff and the players. You can tell if it's an uptight relationship or if it's, you know, 
fairly and and if you if you if you're kind of watching that part of it it appears as though there's there's just a pretty good relationship between the rookie coach and of course their new defenseman so i think that's a, a unique a unique situation so he's probably he's probably in a spot where he brought all new defensemen in with him instead of having to come into the existing decor and then trying to figure out how to play his game if that makes sense is is it a fair comment to make eddie that when you have talent to coach sometimes the if not most of the time the best mindset to have when you're the coach is i'm just here not to screw it up and just let the guys be and let their talent come out without putting extra pressure on them yeah i i think what and we spend some time being able to visit with coach barry and i think for a guy of his vintage which isn't too far away from ours that are on the on the uh the podcast here this evening yeah he he seems to have been able to figure out the players today are not the players that we were so it appears as though the players have a pretty good comfort level with who they are as individual players and he seems to be putting kind of the right puzzle pieces together to get the right result yeah good stuff um okay so uh I want to talk a little bit east and west before we jump into this pairwise and the need for for more well, teams in the tournament. Wait, 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 but hold, hold on a minute. Don't we want hold to talk on, about? Hold, hold on a minute. Okay. We'll get there. Right. We'll get there. All right. All right. Um, the reason I bring this up, Eddie, is I had a chance to talk to Nate Lehman uh, a little bit after um, the series with Arizona State, which was a Friday Sunday craziness. Um, mullet matinees, I start calling it now, but. <laughs> Anyway, um, when I was visiting with Nate, I asked him, I said, uh, give me a, your your thoughts on East-West hockey. I'm talking Hockey East and, and ECAC and all that. And I said, versus the West. I said, how close are they? He said, well, they're extremely close. And he said, I told my guys after this weekend series, I said, we got better because we went West. Uh, do we need to see more of that? And Paul's, Paul's saying that, that, the, the Eastern schools need to come West. They need to come to North Dakota. They need to come to Omaha, to Denver, to Arizona state, to wherever. And so we can get a little more cross section. Cause I, I fight that every year. I want to see more cross section East to West. Well, I'm, I'm going to go way back. I, I always thought that North Dakota was an East to West team. It was one of the few in the country. We did most of our, most of our Christmas tournaments were in the East. So, we were a pretty good team at getting out to the RPIs and the, and the BCs and the BUs and the Yales. And, you know, that was, that was pretty, and then all this stuff happens and the college game grows, but I'll give a couple of little things here because I think it's why you call me. Cause I like to create a little bit of, 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 of interesting deals, but somebody asked me last <laughs> week, why did Arizona state not go to the big 10? It's pretty simple. They don't want to play Thursday, Saturday afternoon matinee games, Sunday at 10 o'clock to be on Big Ten TV. The NCHC is still a night league, and typically the games are played on Friday and Saturday. Pretty simple to see which area you go play if you're a college coach. You probably want to stay Friday, Saturday. That's probably what, again, looking at this, because if we go east, Paul, you're out there. What yep. are you doing playing a college game on a Tuesday night uh, and a Thursday night and a Sunday, and you don't build any – two game, you know, it's just sometimes, sometimes the leagues need to, I think they need to, to get back and wake up because it's pretty hard to schedule a game of college hockey. If you're going to have TV take over the game. Well, first of all, um, I have a little less of a problem depending on the, the week with, with, with a Thursday night game. I have a little less of a problem with that, but I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'll, if the game's on, I'll watch it. But I get what you're saying. Um, I, I thought you were going to go that uh, if ASU went Big Ten, they were going to get screwed every weekend like they kind of did this weekend a little bit uh, with some non-calls or things like that. But um, first of all, it makes sense to be in the NCHC with Denver and CC right there. Okay. Um, when, when the, the big 10 may have the quote unquote names of the big, big schools, but 
it's not it was not certainly was not the best hockey decision. Well, and again, the Big Ten being in Pitt, you know, you've got that's a it's gotten to be the, the Big Ten is is east to Midwest. Yeah, and I think for the Big Ten to try to stretch it from east to west wouldn't have worked for Arizona, no question. So without question, uh, I think a, a bunch of things are great, but. I think Arizona does fit in the NCHC, and the question is, how big will the NCHC get, or how, how will it try to maintain? Because in in the whole scheme of this, again, I, I will go back and we'll continue. But ultimately, I think that most conferences should be eight teams. The winner of the conference gets an NCHC bid, and then let the chips fall on the other sixteen teams. Well, uh, listen, I am all for that. Um, I, I don't know what it will take to get the powers that be in college hockey together to figure this out. Because in, in order for the game to grow, teams have to have access to the NCAA tournament. And I, it's been 16 for, what, 20 years now? Maybe a At little least. bit longer? Yeah, longer I think than longer that. than that. Yeah, yeah longer okay. than that. So if you want schools to invest in, in, in teams, they have to have a chance to get the tournament. Now, Alaska got very unlucky last year that there were a bunch of upsets in conference tournaments. But how much would it have made? I mean, it, uh, there's no question it made ASU's program to, to get them in the tournament three or four years in. How much would it have made for made Fairbanks' program if they'd have gotten up uh, into the tournament last year. And it, simply put, first of all, the transformation committee said, heck, you should have 30 teams in the in, in the NCAA tournament. So uh, the, the how or why people haven't gotten together and said, uh, we're going to expand this thing. I, what the tournament set out to uh, 2026 in Las Vegas. I don't know if contractually you can change that in terms of the regionals between now and then. But how they haven't come out and said um, in 2026-27, we're expanding the NCAA tournament to 24 teams. And we're going to try and get everybody in a conference. I understand it's not going to be easy to get everybody in a league. I understand the difficulties with the two Alaska schools, et cetera. But the fact is, for college hockey to grow, at least if there are 24 teams to get into the tournament, Fairbanks would have gotten into the tournament last year. And it wouldn't have been an issue. And you could point to that and say, hey, with 24 teams, we have a chance. But they definitely should have eight leagues. And the eight conference winners, the eight automatic qualifiers, should be seeded one through eight. And they should go back to campus games, at least in the early rounds. And those eight conference winners get to host those first rounds. I don't care what their quote-unquote pairwise or seeding is. You win your conference, you automatically get a one through eight seed. And now we're going back to the 80s, 70s, because that's how yeah. this tournament started. So it's not yeah. something they haven't done before. Yeah. And so, and, 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 and get these, you know, I, I, and I don't know how you feel, but, you know, we've all heard the argument that Atlantic hockey has made that we shouldn't have to take in all of the, 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 you know, the teams that are not in leagues. Um, but again, people get together, everybody take an independent, everybody add one, let's go ECAC, let's go hockey East, figure it out. Let's go Atlantic. Let's go everybody. Obviously it's, it's a little tougher with the big 10 cause they're the multi-sport conference, but let's go people. Let's go. <laughs> Eddie, that's commissioner Hornstein talking now. Am I wrong? No, I, no, 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 no I, you're right. I, no, I think, I think first off is that. They they need to determine that league. I mean, the Big Ten has seven teams and get an automatic. I don't think you should get an automatic until you have eight teams in your league. Simple. 
eight teams to make it, right? And then if you take a look at college hockey and try to figure out how to have eight to 10 so that you create, I mean, Atlantic hockey is at a disadvantage in the fact that they have a league that has 11 teams. And then you take a look at the ECAC, they have 12. So why don't those two want to put an automatic bid in and split up and, you know, eight and eight there and you're sitting there left over with seven and then pick up an independent and create that new conference. Not that uh, tough. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not that educated. I was a UND fighting Sioux <laughs> hockey player. So. Yeah, I'm not that educated either, so. Okay, but, let I mean, me. That's that's what I think. They just need to say, okay, here, what what's what's our what's our, you know, each of our conferences do nine, and if you do nine, then you have to determine how you're going to play in for your tournament. But that's easy to figure out. They already have the unbalanced schedule yeah. where the number one team gets to buy for for being your you know league champion regular season. So go to nine and then take a look at the board and. If you go to nine, I think the numbers that are there with the potential two coming in, I don't think the numbers are that far off. Okay, well, let me let me ask you this, Eddie, because we I, I I've been on this kick for uh, most of the year now. Um, I, I know the pairwise. I know that every team has agreed to it. They know the rules and how it works. Uh, and I'm looking at this from a slash fan slash business person slash supporter fundraiser all of these different things. If we're going to grow the game of college hockey, I think at least through the, you know, through the first half of the year, maybe until January 1st, you got to throw the pairwise away and, and just put the teams in order of their win loss record. Because I think what's happening, this is what I'm hearing out there is, and, and I know uh, everybody's going to say, oh, you're an Arizona state Homer. Um, I'm all over the place. We got 10 teams now, so that's not the case, but, this team is 10-3 and 1. They've lost to Denver. They well, actually split with Denver. They split with Providence and they lost an overtime game at Miami early in the year. Um how it, people are coming up to me and they're going like how can they be number 20 in the pairwise and a team that's got one more win than them and I'm not trying to compare these two programs at all but you know you're fighting Sue. Um they're number 1 and they deserve to be but how can there be that much discrepancy? And for the, the, the novice fan just coming out and you're trying to get them hooked on the game and they're going like, hey, how can you have one less one less win and you're not you're not even close? You're 19 spots apart. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back because what's what's interesting about maybe not just the sport of hockey, but and maybe just not college, but USA Hockey requires you to roster your team prior to January 1st. But every program in the country puts their roster together sometime in September, October. And then all the bubble players have no chance to get better because you're typically trying to figure out which players between 7 and 12 on offense and the players between six and nine on defense are going to develop. So you end up with the best team at the end of the year. So you're suggesting something that's pretty interesting. I don't understand why coaches are in a race to get ranked because I would agree with you that I don't think the rankings need to come out until after Christmas and then the pairwise becomes important. So I, that that's the million dollar question here is why aren't the coaches trying to help the game of college hockey grow? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying is, um, and it looks like, I mean, and I'm not going to pick on Minnesota. Yeah, I am. And Michigan. Yeah, I am. That's but okay. if, if you're rated at 500 and then the novice fan that's trying to catch on to understand college hockey sees that and they go, why is Minnesota and Michigan ahead of, um, and again, I'll use Arizona State because they're the, the, the team right now that's 10-3-1. and one. Why are they ahead in, in the listings, because when you play the game, don't you play to win? You want to win as many games as you can. And and that's what the novice fan sees. And then they'll come up to me, and I've, I've been all over, and people have come up to me and said, hey, I don't get this. The pairwise is supposed to be how you make the tournament. 
and yet uh, a team of the 10 three and one record is 20 in the pairwise and would be out. And Paul and I had this conversation, Eddie, and I'm going like, Hey, this weekend for Arizona state at Colorado college, if they should get swept by Colorado college, they may be done. They may not have any road to get into the national tournament and they could finish with 25 wins and they may still not get in based on the, the pairwise structure. Yeah. And again, it's, it's across NCAA sports because it's it's not it's not it's not built for the newcomer. But what's what's more difficult is that if Arizona State went in and beat Michigan, they would stay about eighteen. Exactly. But if you take a look at Minnesota beats Michigan, and Minnesota moves up two, and Michigan stays at eighteen. Or at 12. I mean, how do you explain that a team loses and they stay and the team that beats them moves up, but yet if you're on the outside looking in, you beat the same team and you move two slots and they don't move at all. And that's where I think the pairwise has as much as everybody accepts it. I, I think it has obviously built-in bias that nobody nobody understands how to correct. Okay, so and I know Paul's chomping to get in on this, but I got to ask you one more time. As a former player, and, and when I do interviews, like last weekend I interviewed a couple of players from Arizona State, and I said, do you guys look at the pairwise? And they go, well, you know, the politically correct answer was no, we don't. But, um, but they looked at me and they said, you know what? Yeah, we, we kind of keep an eye on it. So then I, I think back to last year, and I told Coach Powers this. I said, how do you regroup? as a as an independent when at christmas time you you're so far down the pairwise that you know you've got no chance i mean let's be honest if you're going to be an independent and make the tournament you got to be somewhere near 12 or 13 if you want to get in towards the end of the year it's hard it's really hard as an independent to move up 20 or 30 spots over the last three months of the hockey season so how do you keep your guys motivated? Um, is that something that creeps into your psyche? You've never had to deal with that because you've been in a conference, but as a former player, would you say that's hard to do for your psyche when you look at the pairwise and you go like, crap, it's, it's January well, 1st and we're not going to get in. Yeah, I, I, might, I might suggest and I'm going to be down to visit you here when they have the uh, Christmas, the tournament. The, you're having the, oh, the Desert the Classic, yep. I'm going to come down for the Desert Classic, so it'll, I'd, I'd like to get a chance to have you introduce me to Coach Powers because I have to believe he recruits players to get better at hockey. So his players are probably not too far off because if all they worry about is a pairwise, it's going to be tough for him to break in. But he's broken in by getting a place for players that love the game of hockey to go play without pressure. So in a certain sense, not, not expecting to get in the NCAA tournament, for a player, I don't know. I don't know how you'd look at that because the pressure of the pairwise will detract from recruiting. So I'm sure he's not recruiting that you're going to play in the first NCAA tournament. Um, if he is, then he's going to be in a tough spot because then his players will be paying attention to the pairwise. So it's just a matter of where your focus is probably. As a player, if, if you know that before you come in that it's going to be a difficult road, uh, the excitement is the players that are there now, when they hit the NCHC, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly they uh, get in the tournament. Yeah, I said, I said the same thing. I told Paul today, I said, um, I can see six teams getting in out of a nine-team conference at the NCHC because I think Arizona State's going to fit right in. Uh, Nate Lehman told me that too, and uh, most of the coaches that I've spoken to, including Brad Berry and David Carl, have said, "Yeah, we welcome them. We think they're going to be a nice, a nice addition." And if the pairwise stays the same, then all of a sudden they're not going to fall like uh, like a lead balloon. <laughs> you know, they're going to stay up there if they're competitive in the NCHC. So I think it's going to be a whole different ball game for them next year. I'm just curious on that because last year I think ASU's team fell apart honestly, in the second half due to injuries and due to the fact that the guys that were there realized, hey, our 
you know, we're just playing out the string right now. We're not getting in the tournament. And they knew that about the first week of January. Yeah, and I, I would suggest that the 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 toughest part was the start they had and getting themselves where they perceived they were in a position to then watch based on schedule, have it fall apart. So I think the most difficult thing, and it's probably going to get without question, it'll get easier because that's what happens when you get in the right conference. When, when you look at the fact that where Arizona state is this year, coming in new, having those relationships, getting those teams that are embracing growth, but not getting a shot against those East Coast teams for Arizona State, as much as you see happen within the Big Ten and the NCHC, that's probably what's hurt them the most. So the, the scheduling probably happened three to four years out. The conference is going to help them with their scheduling, and then it's going to help them with the pairwise because you can get a couple of games against at the right team at the right time. But when you take a look at fulfilling that independent schedule, you lose ground when you're playing teams that are below the 30 mark within the rankings. All right. I, I, I want to get back a little bit to this upcoming weekend um, against Denver. Now, I've, um, I've, as I've watched through this season, um, Denver is insanely fast. Um. If you're North Dakota, do you change anything or, or, or are you looking out for anything specific against this team, especially playing on the road? I mean, it's not like you guys, it's not like uh, they haven't been to Denver before. Um, but North Dakota also has a tremendous amount of speed. I don't think I've seen two teams in the last, you know, in my six or seven years of doing this with this kind of speed top to bottom. Um, yeah. I, I should think, we expect I anybody to play defense? Yeah. I, I think there is probably evenly matched this year as they were in the years where they maybe were depending a little bit more on heaviness and large bodies and, and physical and defense. And now they're, I'd say that both of them appear to be pretty, pretty potent offensive teams. And uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun fun to watch fun to watch how this uh, weekend goes with I mean they're 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 basically mirrors of each other presently right they're just yeah. they just have depth great offenses uh, balanced scoring and then on the back end they're both playing extremely well and goaltending for both teams is strong so. Maybe the uh, yeah. If anybody's in the game of college hockey, Denver and North Dakota this weekend has to be the two games that everybody's going to be wanting to make sure that they can watch and see how it turns out. Um, we know that the history of Denver and North Dakota go back a long way. Um, and we also, you know, just at least as a as a layman, um. It's obviously a very intense rivalry, but in a different way from some of the other teams. Uh, would you say that that's an accurate description? Yeah, I think it's a more recent, probably more recent, just due to you know how many times they've battled through the through the NCHC. I mean, the Western WCHA. You know, Denver had Denver had a few years where they were were there, but overall, yeah, that that rivalry probably wasn't where it is today. They, they know that they're going to have to go through each other and uh, they're sitting at four and six in the pairwise. So the toughest part here is win, lose or draw. They're probably not dropping too far because they're both, they're both highly ranked in the pairwise. So it'll, it'll be an, you know, anticipate one team will come out and move up and the other team might move. If it's a sweep, somebody's going to move. If it's a split, they're probably going to stay pretty close. And if it's uh, the other way, it may reverse where it's at. So it's just a matter of, uh, of of those those this series for North Dakota and for Denver probably is less critical than one that uh, Scott's going to, which is, I agree, Arizona State and Colorado College. Well, uh, uh, and so if you're a pairwise watcher, you're looking at 
games outside of the people that are in the top 10. Um, the, the two schools have played uh, about 250 times. Um, North Dakota leads the series by 21 games. 13 of those 21 games were uh, wins by uh, North Dakota while you were playing. Is there any games that stick out against Denver that you played in? No, just probably probably the thing that was interesting was that in the era from 81 to 84, Wisconsin Wisconsin was was the rival. Right. Um, Denver Denver wasn't. Uh, CC had a a, a a couple of years where they were probably over Denver in that in that era. Okay. So. You know, the big one was obviously Minnesota, and the other one was Wisconsin. And then, you know, if you went back a little earlier, Michigan Tech was in there. And then, you know, there were some some changes that happened in the in the late seventies, early eighties, mid eighties, that shook up the WCHA with the CCHA coming in. So some similarities to what happened when the Big Ten broke out. But yeah, Den- Denver was a nice road trip. Usually, it was sunshine and blue sky and. <laughs> other, other than that, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't a terrible terrible weekend, so to speak. But you know, you got ready to do battle in the Wisconsin Gopher and those games. Those were kind of the those those were the rivalries back in the eighties. All right, yeah, so we, we always go with Zombo on that too to get some to get some uh, fresh blood. <laughs> and there's another independent that you know. North Dakota picked up one of his players and he's he's having an awfully good start to the year. So Rick's got to be smiling, making sure he keeps that relationship strong. <laughs> yeah, well, they might be that uh, that next team in the Big Ten. That's where Paul wants to put them. So. <laughs> I just want all the teams to be picked. I just I want the game to grow. I, Don't I just, we all? Don't I just we all? want more teams and enough with this single sport moratorium because the only sport that hurts is hockey. And, and people can say whatever they want. Um, and I know what the, the political answer is, but go look at the other sports and the only one that moratorium. <laughs> Commissioner <hurts is> Hornstein. <laughs> no, but again, unless, you know, and, Paul, do you get do you get down? Have you volunteered to be on the coaches committee down at uh, Naples when they gather? Uh, they won't you might let have me a in. Influence if you get down there and uh, spend enough time on the right stool. They won't let me in. We just can't get you out of that palatial estate basement. That's Whatever. the whole deal. <laughs> I don't know that you have to be let in. I think that you have to be able to stay up late at night with the coaches that make the decision. There you go. There you go. Oh, all right. Well, as long as I don't have to get up the next morning, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so let's get back to this season, Eddie, and, and the parody that that I started the show with. Um, I've seen a lot of games already this year, a lot of different teams, and you see teams like Augustana coming in. And uh, we added this year to our coverage. We had a North Dakota Augustana and Omaha. I call it the I twenty nine corridor. So we're talking about rivalries. Um, is is I twenty nine going to become a really good rivalry down the road between Omaha and I know Augustana and the CCHA, but and UND? Do you think I twenty nine is ever going to be that, or or not really? You know, that's a really really good question. You know, I I don't know. You know, South Dakota's new to hockey. Fargo doesn't want Division one hockey, and football is the ruler of I twenty nine. So I might suggest that I could see Augustana and Mankato creating an unbelievable environment, helping the hockey in that part of those states with Omaha. The triangle there, I think, is huge. Um, if you take a look, and you mentioned you know, Lindenwood, and if you took a look at Omaha, and if you take a look and go over and you said, okay, Lindenwood, and then you go up and you say, well, we've got, Mankato and and then you have Augustana. So when you look at that, 
right now three different conferences. Yeah, there, there's some opportunity, I think, in college hockey and probably what rivalries go. Um, you know what? Denver, Denver, North Dakota, I think is 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 going to be continuing stronger within conference. And then, of course, we all know that you're never going to get rid of the the rivalries when you go through the playoff system and through the NCAA's with with the classic matchups. So, I would like to see Augustana. I'm kind of fun. We we're watching that one pretty close and. Uh, they're getting a rink built there in a program that we'll, we'll talk equal to Augustana is probably a lot like St. Thomas. And uh, there's, there's going to become some pretty big, some pretty big opportunities. So I don't know that it'll be an I-29, but I think you're going to see a rivalry that goes maybe a little bit more up. I forget the, the, the highway number, but maybe uh, 169. Yeah, there you go. As you reach through Mankato <laughs> and then you go up into St. Paul and you get into St. Thomas. So I could see a 169 rivalry building pretty quick. Yeah, that, you're right. That may, that may be closer to what you're speaking to, Scott. I tried to push it for the I-29 corridor just because I like that. But I have to no, find that now. You guys, you guys are killing me with this geography stuff. <laughs> we drive them nuts. Anyway, um, so overall parody though, and and I see Bryant chirping in every now and then on on social media, and I love it. Um, but the parody has it ever been better, Eddie? From what you've seen across the board? No, I I would without question that when you look at the number of programs and the growth of hockey, not just in college but in the in the uh, the juniors, how that has grown, and then you take it back. You know, high school is growing, but your youth programs are growing huge throughout the country. And when you take a look at the number of players, I think probably the amazing part that I kind of smile and watch is every single coach in college hockey knows that if there's parity, their job's not in jeopardy. So they all talk about parity and prove themselves right. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Good stuff. Paul, Paul, did you get that one being from the island? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 I got it. I, I, listen. You know, 500 coaches never get fired. I know. But guys that go 900 and then have a bad year are, are swept out pretty quick. Yeah, I know. You, you know, when, when, when the ups and downs are worse than, than being in the middle. So parity is critical for college hockey, hockey coaches to maintain their job. Um, I, I get it. I, and they and all speak listen. to it extremely eloquently. Yes, they do. There is no, that is coach speak 101 right there. I keep asking a few of them on the side. I said, what are you going to call in? Or we talk to you. When are you going to say that we should beat this team by nine goals and go do it? Your players <laughs> might think that's more fun than being in a one goal game or going to overtime against Bemidji. <laughs> I'm a, okay. I'm a, Final one for me, and then I'll let Paul get his final one in. Um, when you look at, at North Dakota, and, and I bring this up to everybody down here because they look at North Dakota as a blue bit, as they should. They go into the, the, the Ralph. Uh, the environment's second to none. I like what Arizona State's doing in a half-the-size building and the way they're starting to, uh, to pick it up. But when North Dakota travels, and I'm going to see them this weekend, you know it, they travel to Denver like it's... Uh, uh, the middle of Mexico. <laughs> it's a home game. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll be all over. I'll go through the corridor and see a bunch of people that I know. Um, anyway, when they, uh, when they travel and, and the excitement of that, how do we, and I've asked you this before, I think, but how do we generate that in, in other markets? Because, uh, you know, and we don't want to get into the Arizona State politics with football and basketball, but how do we generate that and cultivate that? Because it's second to none. It's the band. It's the environment. It's sellouts. How do we cultivate that in other environments? Win. Okay. <laughs> Fair when enough. You win, it's amazing what happens. <laughs> when you win, you have a fan base that follows you. But that's that's ultimately the answer is winning. I mean. And again, Scott, I'll come back. If you win and you get to get in the NCAA tournament, your band's going to get bigger. Your your season tickets are going to sell out. Um, yep. Everything revolves around 
you know, I've, I've always said that the greatest developer of, of players is success. So when you come out of a small town of Warroad and you watch players that got to go on and be in Olympics and play in the NHL and then, then your goal gets set higher. So success, success breeds success. So Arizona state having success, the question is what's success and success is getting in the NCAA tournament. So that ultimately, as soon as that happens, we'll change that dynamic pretty quick. Look at that. He brought me straight back to my pairwise argument again, where if don't you think Eddie, if up until Christmas time or the first of the year, you just rank the teams by the number of wins. I don't care what conference they're in or who they've played or what it is, because then the novice college hockey fan sees it and they go, oh, North Dakota's got 11 wins. Oh, Denver's got 11 wins. Oh, Arizona State's got 10 wins. Oh, Boston College has 10, whatever it is. And they look at it and they go, we feel like we're a part of this now, as opposed to the craziness of the pairwise. And, and again, people come up to me and they go, like, I understand pairwise is how you get into the national tournament. So if we're number 20 right now, do we have a chance? I'm the going like, hey. We got, we got 10-year Paul out there on the island that's going to tell you that your experience should be rating you higher than inexperience. But I think I'm, I'm a little bit more with you, Scott. I think that, again, I, I lost an argument years ago coaching minor hockey. I said, why are we picking our teams in September? Let's see who the best yeah. players are and put our yeah. roster together on December 31st. I lost that argument because there's a lot of people smarter than I am that that are in it that are in it for the wins. But yet when we get to the college level, we decide that we're going to have a synthetic system that develops it instead of having it based on reality. So it it's it's educated in, it's baked in, whatever we call it, but I don't know how you unbake it and I don't know how you yeah you know, I I I I might make a comment that I hope the folks that are in charge aren't lying to us because uh, it seems as though what they're doing isn't working. I agree. All right, Paul, finish it up. All right. Well, I, listen, I, I, this is, I'm just going to self aggrandize here. I'm, I'm just going to lobby Eddie for, uh, for next year when ASU is in the NCHC. You've had Scott on a couple of times. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lobby to, to, to get five minutes of equal time when uh, North Dakota <laughs> plays ASU as a conference rival. Well, I would expect that you'd invite me down to uh, ASU on that side, and you can come up visit here, and then you can be in <laughs> studio. But I, I wanted to say cheers as I'm sitting here having a hams, listening to my wife complaining about how the Vikings are playing tonight, so I had to go into the office. And But anyway, cheers. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Are you seriously coming down for the Desert Classic? I am, yes. Okay, then you need uh, – I'll text you because uh, uh, I don't know. Where are you staying at? Did you find a place yet or no? I uh, I have family there. I've, I've I know brown, you do. I've got a Brown College uh, yeah. brother-in-law. You, you don't want to stay with ASU family, though. He's a ticket holder, so he's kind of like – He's kind of like you guys, so you you don't want to stay with family, though. I will stay with family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It anyway, started as, it started out as my birthday weekend, and now it's turned into my wife, <laughs> my daughter, and four grandkids. So all of a sudden, my fun going to be a hockey only junkie <laughs> turned into a family event. So I can't. What do you do, right, Scott? I'm shocked. At yeah, that. I hear you. The family yeah. is glomming on to a trip to Tempe in January. I'm yeah, shocked at that. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law invited me down for my birthday, and all of a sudden now I've got <laughs> seven going. So it well, is it wouldn't it be is. a it's party about, without the entire family. So hey, it will go. be a fun because uh, I've got a nephew, and uh, Paul might understand, but got the nephew in town too. He's there on I think Wednesday night. The Islanders are in town, so ah. we need to chat because you might need I might need some help getting into that one. Okay, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll pry you through the doors. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you, you, you know if you would, if you knew somebody that might help. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to be doing uh, right now. I'm setting up to do a podcast uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Paul doesn't know this yet because he's going to be in back home. But I'm setting up to do the Desert uh, Classic. I'm talking with the hotel not down, not far from the arena. So um, let me know. We got we got to get you on at least one night. I will do that. That would be fun. All right. Thanks, Eddie. We appreciate it. That's Thank Eddie you. Christian, folks. Uh, plug your show so people can can get the podcast. and It's in podcast form, right? 
Well, Jeff Radel needs doesn't need that much attention. But the <laughs> well, let's give guys, Jeff some we, attention. We, the hockey guys were on a WDAY 970 and were on uh, the flag 1100. And this year they decided they were going to put us on YouTube other than last Saturday when we had the sub on the board. So it's it's true, folks. We uh, we crack a Ham's beer at 9 o'clock every Saturday morning <laughs> and talk college hockey. We I hope smarter, Ham's is a smarter. sponsor, right? We get smarter as the uh, as the show goes on. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about that. I love it. Uh, well, thanks for giving us a little insight into North Dakota hockey. As North Dakota Denver square off this weekend, Arizona State, Colorado College, and Bentley and uh, Air Force all in the state of Colorado. Eddie Christian, I always appreciate your time. Um, I'll send you a text. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. All right, Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Coast to Coast in just a couple of minutes. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations. At 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious man. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. From the NCHC.TV studios, this is ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey, Coast to Coast. Indeed it is, College Hockey, Coast to Coast. Scott Strandy with you tonight, not on the coast, but close in uh, Arizona. And my co-host is always Paul Hornstein, joining me from a coast in that yep. big, beautiful palatial estate on Long Island, New York. Um, Paul, uh, we always do this. Every time we have a great guest on, like uh, like Eddie Christian, I hear him say one thing, you hear him say another thing. So in the few minutes we got left, um, what did you hear from Eddie that uh, either surprised you or you were pleasantly um, happy with? Uh, I, I don't know if there was anything I was surprised with. Um, again, you know, I expected him to bring it, and he did. You know, you know there's. Did you expect there, the Ham's beer reference multiple times? Um, no, that I didn't expect. Have you had a Ham's beer, by the way? Um, yes. Okay. Just checking. Not too many times, but I've had them. Um, I'm a big fan of some others. 
some other beers. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that that's I like I like it, you know, there are just some others that I have more access to and prefer. But I'm the wrong one to ask. I'm <laughs> I am definitely the wrong one to ask. I like beer. I know. Just I But just I'm also very very picky. Okay. So. Anyway, speaking. uh when when I he talked to Eddie. It's it's the same thing. He's so level-headed, and he's so down to earth as far as how hockey goes. You can tell how invested he is with youth hockey right. and how he wants to see the game grow, and how he can tell you the numbers and the growth in youth hockey. And when he's talking growth, and he's in Moorhead, Minnesota, right. <laughs> that that's saying something because it's pretty big and has right. been pretty big for years. By the way, I just want to say this, Hams, if you're listening. I prefer my beer in bottles. So if you want to send me some. <laughs> okay. Just let me know. We'll, we'll work it out. Anyway. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good stuff. Um, but anyway, it's always great to have a hockey mind on. A guy that's played the game, coaches the game, fan of the game, clearly, and an analyst now uh, with his uh, hockey guy show. Yep. In in North Dakota, so now I got to get on YouTube and find it because I got to see those guys in the morning, nine a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, well, that's <laughs> earlier for you. Uh, I hear you. Anyway, um, so we always appreciate him coming on, as we mentioned, and I think aptly so. I know it's coast to coast, but goodness gracious, no, when you have... be, it's Denver, it's Denver, North Dakota. That's number two and number three, or one and two, or one and three, depending on how you want to look at it. Got to talk about that. Yeah, and and like I said, I think this Colorado College Arizona State series is equally as important for those two teams, if not um, more so. If not more so, correct. And let's not forget about Air Force and Bentley. Air Force and Bentley are battling, um, you know, for supremacy. I don't know if I can call it supremacy, but for positioning in Atlanta hockey. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, it it it's big, and to have that all within a forty-five mile stretch of uh colorado let's just hope there's no snow that's all i ask for no snow yeah, college hockey capital of the world this weekend well capitals denver and colorado springs well, <laughs> can we have two capitals yeah let's call it that well, anyway there are other games going on we will update you again tomorrow on that but when you get a chance to have an eddie christian on your show you uh you give him the floor and let him go yep so there's a little insight, folks, if you want to know about North Dakota hockey and uh, and what somebody that's been embedded in the program, and it still is, Eddie Christian is one of the best, and we appreciate him taking time to come on with us. Take it away, my friend. Um, all right, this has been college hockey coast to coast. You don't want to do a quick 16? Oh, yeah. Save well, that for tomorrow. Let's save it for tomorrow tonight because we uh, we had too much fun with, uh, okay, with that's Eddie. Okay, fine. I, we'll save it for tomorrow. Fine. That's okay. fine. This is. I just want people to understand, is it because they're, they're pro, you know, as you say, they're expecting it. Oh, they are. They are, and it'll. We'll put it up tomorrow in advance, like we always do, um, or or like we always do on Tuesday, and then we'll talk about it tomorrow night. But All with right. Eddie on tonight, I just didn't want to mess with. No, I, uh, I get. I totally that. get that. I just want to make sure people understood that we didn't forget about it. No, no, nope, we did not. Okay, this is be college hockey coast to coast. Uh, from the nchc.tv studios, brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, no one knows goalies needs better than we do. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Liberty University, strengthen your faith and your game at the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast at liberty.edu. The Caesar Sportsbook app, proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly, with two locations in Tempe and one in Pine Top, lunch, dinner, or your next catered event at thespaghettishack.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts Casinos, where the action is from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. And by FedEx, deliveries made easy no matter where you are, the official delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. College Hockey Coast to Coast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts or live every week on the Podbean app or for download on your favorite podcast platform by searching and subscribing at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. If you like what you hear, tell a friend or leave a positive review. 
College Hockey Coast to Coast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Again, we'll thank uh, Eddie Christian from the Hockey Guys in Fargo, Moorhead, North Dakota, Minnesota, and also former Fighting Sioux. That's all Paulie could say, man. Fighting Sioux, because that's what Eddie yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we thank Eddie for coming on, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Ask you to tune in, of course, uh, tomorrow night for College Hockey West Weekly. Good night, everybody. Bye.